I'm Jerry McGrew. I'm Chris Mosier. And this is Still His Kingdom Keeps, the creepy but necessary podcast where we talk about every single episode of the TV show Merlin. And we're back with the conclusion of season four of Merlin. I'm excited to be here, Chris, in this fucking awesome episode. Just everything popping off everywhere. It's good. It's great. It's this emotional. One this one popped. Woo! This one snapped, as they say. I um I have a lot of questions and I have a lot of uh I have a lot of answers. Ask me anything. Okay. Um. Well, I do have a a mini pop book quiz trivia uh, for Supernatural. If you don't want just one question, but that's that's not the right podcast. We'll do that. That's later. not the right podcast. I've been saying that's been on my desk for months now, just waiting for us to do another episode of Monster of the Week so I can quiz you and and Supernatural. Anyway. Uh, thank you, everybody that's uh, been supporting our Patreon recently. We've got an influx of new uh, members, and that's very exciting. So uh, if you are one of those people, make sure to make your way over to the Discord, introduce yourself to all of our lovely community, and hang out with us as uh, we completely dominate the gaming channel with Slay the Spire screenshots. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> it's either really, really hardcore, like text-heavy visual novel JRPGs, or it's Slay the Spire, which doesn't make any sense to anybody that's not playing Slay the Spire. We need Spire. some normal gamers in there. We need a some fucking people who are just playing normal... the yearly installment of COD or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Some some Mario fan needs to go. Uh, that one dude at uh, Crash like, keeps posted like, Zelda screenshots and I'm like, man. <laughs> we're normalizing the we're, chat. We're trying. To. We're trying. To, we're making an effort. Um, but thank you to everybody doing all of that stuff yes, on our Patreon. We appreciate it. Uh, Chris, what happened last so, time on Merlin? I don't know. You tell me. Uh, last time on Merlin, Camelot has fallen. Uh-oh. With all the pieces finally falling into place, Morgana stages her attack on Camelot, and before the night is through, the throne is hers. In an act of desperation, Merlin befuddles Arthur and hurries him away from the castle. Uh, though the knights are captured and Agravain is hot on their heel- heels, not all is lost as Merlin and Arthur escape to Ieldor, where Arthur is at long last reunited with Gwen and is ready to reclaim his kingdom. He was not quite ready yet. That was presumptuous of me. And I didn't think that we were going to see Tristan and he's old again, so I didn't mention them, but they're in this one. <laughs> uh, we are talking about Merlin Season 4, Episode 13, The Sword in the Stone, Part 2. This was aired on December 24th, 2011. That's got to be one of my favorite things to see in a stone. A sword? A sword, yeah, for sure. What's Give me like your top three things. Sword? Okay. Um, Like a cool... like. Uh, roots of a tree kind of grown out of a stone uh, like that's okay. sick into it that's sick that's I'm the power it. of nature uh-huh. uh maybe like a fossil okay yeah yeah okay I'm that's with that. pretty uh-huh. sick you know like uh-huh. a dinosaur just like a prehistoric animal and then number one of course number one spot is a fucking sword is a sword yeah swords and stones yeah. rule um this aired on december 24 2011 the only episode of uh, merlin to air on uh christmas eve uh, which oh. is which is only interesting because uh, the BBC or like British television likes to put like these shows on uh, December twenty fourth and twenty fifth. Doctor Who has like a kind yeah, of a yeah, running yeah. anniversary kind of thing. Um, this was directed by Alice Trotland, written by Julian Jones. Morgana and Helios have successfully captured Camelot, and Merlin and Arthur are outlaws on the run. Arthur must take control before Camelot is lost forever. But faced with Agravain's betrayal and the strength of Morgana's force, the young king has lost his conviction. Only Merlin can can restore his faith, and only an extraordinary. Can prove to the king that he was born to rule. Mm. I want to get something out of the way. I think at first it is hilarious to me that all of this. I I I, I don't even know how to how I want to say this. Like that this entire uh, 
uh, prophecy of Arthur becoming the one true king is all like fake it till you make it. It's all just yeah. like yeah. it's all just predicated on a lie. Like it, somebody told Merlin this, and Merlin made it happen. And I think that is so brilliant. It's, it's literally it. it's just Merlin's destiny. It's just, it's just Merlin's just destiny. Absolutely, him manipulating the the powers that be to make the world that that he wants it to be. It really doesn't have anything to do with Arthur. <laughs> Arthur is like kind of secondary in his own story He's at this a puppet, point. Dude. It's very fucking hilarious to me, dude. Like, and it's and it works. Like, it works brilliantly. I just I had to get that out of my chest because when I watched yeah. that scene, it was so it just stuck out in my mind how it was just all a lie, uh, and it's yeah. just very funny. It was actually interesting in that scene. I started to to truly realize. Obviously, it's it's all been Merlin this whole time, but it was just. It, it, one of those moments where I could really see him coming into his own, like this person who does not ever need the spotlight. Maybe I, as a viewer, want him to reveal his magic. I want the secret to come out. But I just feel like Merlin's at a place where that doesn't matter to him. He's shaping the world. He's doing what he needs to do to, to make the world a better place, I guess. Um, and it was kind of cool to, to just see that. We're like, yeah, Arthur's saying it's a little bit of a, of a big lie. But all I could think was Merlin made this happen. Merlin's the fucking man. So we're going to pick up uh, from exactly where the episode left off last week uh, with yeah. Arthur and his company, including uh, Arthur, who was wounded a little bit. He's going to magically heal up pretty quick, so uh, that's no big deal. Arthur, Merlin, uh, Guinevere, who has rejoined the company, uh, and Tristan and Isolde, uh, famous people <laughs> that we know. I can't, I can't believe we missed um, that one. <laughs> just hugely famous people, I guess. Um, They're running away from uh, Merlin's hometown where Aggravain has attacked looking for them. Uh, they go rush into some caves and Merlin volunteers to cover their tracks. And is- Which he does a lot. And this is, this is a crazy way to start an episode. I mean, you know this is a part two because within two minutes... Merlin's calling in the drone strikes. Like he <laughs> goes so hard. He's like, "Yeah, hang it back for one second. Um, and it's <laughs> really intense. He, um, there's a moment where like he, so he does this really hardcore dragon voice. Uh, he's really good at this dragon talk at this point. I really like it. Uh, and he like looks up expecting the dragon to just show up. And I'm like, Merlin, like, I mean, it's a dragon. He could be, you know, like several miles away. But no, the dragon just immediately shows the fuck up and just comes right after Aggravate and lights his ass up. It is so hardcore. Like he just decimates this crew. It's like in Game of Thrones when you see Daenerys fly in, like, you know, the battle's over. The fucking dragon's here. Well, sure enough. Sure enough. That's what this dragon. Kilgara, is that his name? Why do I always forget it? The dragon shows up and he just, he did. He lays down the fire and... It's it's just not at all what I expected. When Merlin hung back, I thought for sure he was going to do some magical blast, no. which he does actually several times throughout this. But no, <laughs> he calls in the drone strike. Uh, Merlin runs it back into the cave, reunites with the with the crew, uh, and we're going to have like this continuing kind of vibe of Arthur of Merlin basically leading, right? Like saying mm-hmm. we need to do this, mm-hmm. we need to do that, and Arthur kind of bucking against this, uh, like and being a little bit ungrateful, I think, even though Merlin has like saved his ass a zillion times in the last few episodes, but just very much like I can't believe you don't know which direction to go, Merlin. I thought you grew up here, like motherfucker. There's eighteen thousand people chasing us right yeah. now. Like I, I hauled your ass out of Camelot. You were wearing a crop top. I mean that was my fault, but you were still wearing a crop top, okay? <laughs> like, and I yeah. and I carried you. I'm doing the I'm doing the goddamn best I can. <laughs> if you looked back and saw that there were two footprints, it's because Tristan carried you. Because I'm weak, and you were in a crop top, and he seemed weirdly into that. Um, but yeah, so he meets up with them, and then I think what is it? Within minutes, um, 
he's forced to like separate from them again, right? Yeah, so we see Agravane and his remaining forces come into this uh, cave. Uh, Tristan takes a little time to like ask Gwen about Arthur, and uh, basically, like Tristan's whole deal in this episode is like thinking that Arthur is a giant asshole. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, almost immediately, Arthur and starts to hear this approaching like uh, enemies, and Merlin's like, "Hey, I'll go do it again. I'll I'll go volunteer." Uh, and of course, you know, he's like, don't do anything stupid. Uh, and Arthur. This time it seems like Arthur is actually like really pained to let Merlin yes. go. As we're going to see, of course, he's struggling this whole time. Like you just said, Merlin seems like he is kind of leading the party. Um, and I just, it's like Merlin is the only person that Arthur can trust. So to have him be that one person who keeps being like, all right, hold on. I'm going to create a diversion. I'm going to go back. I'm going to buy his time. That's eating away at Arthur. And he's so uh, disheartened by his own, you know, every betrayal that that he's faced and, and all, every loss he's faced. He just, he doesn't have it in him. He doesn't have it in him to lose someone else. And I feel like he just doesn't have it in him to, to lead anymore. Uh, Merlin distracts these guards, distracts his enemy forces, and uh, they pursue him. And he runs into a dead end in this cave uh, where he is confronted with Agravain and, and his crew. And I'm pretty surprised that this went down the way that it does. It's it's pretty intense. Uh, ag- yeah. Agravain demands to know where Arthur is, and Merlin Merlin has a weird vibe, I think, this entire episode, but especially here where he's like, you need to be real careful now. Like, you need to be real careful with what, you, with, what you're about to do. Uh, Merlin is, you could tell, like, knows that he has the power uh, to just straight up murder these people and doesn't necessarily want it to end like that, but also no. knows, like, he doesn't really have a choice. He has this almost, like, this is a contradiction, but like a, a nervous calm about him yes merlin has reached a point where he knows nothing bad is going to happen to merlin but he doesn't know what's going to happen to these guys he doesn't know if he's going to have to kill these guys um which he's killed before this isn't new but it's like aggravating's like a face he knows it's not just some nameless brigand in the woods you know so this is this is a tense situation and it's a side of merlin that i feel like we've never seen it quite like this yeah i agree he holds he holds all the power in this scene and Agravain like approaches him, uh, and as he does so, Merlin slings them all back with his magic. It looks like the only person that survives this is Agravain, um, who kind of who is a completely shocked. He's like, "You have magic," and Merlin does a weird. I was bored with it, and I was like, yeah. "Maybe it's Maybelline." I don't know why that yeah. just immediately went into my head. <laughs> uh, and of course, Agravain then realizes, "Oh, you're Emerus," mm-hmm. and then he has this like brief speech where he says, "How you've managed to deceive him? I am almost impressed. Perhaps we are more alike than you think." Uh, and you can see Merlin realizing that Agravain's betrayal can be equivalent to Merlin hiding his magic, hiding who he really is from Arthur. Mm. And you can see like that the beginning of that starting to eat away because, you know, his whole goal in this episode is to get Arthur to the place where he can lead Camelot and, and have him restore his faith in himself. And and in doing that, I think realizes that, oh shit, I am not being true to my one true friend. And has mm-hmm. to live with that, which I think is going to fuck him up a little bit. Definitely. Um, but before he fucks himself up a little bit, he's got to fuck this guy up a little bit. Um, Agravain's almost acting like he, you know, wants to be buddy-buddy. But then, of course, he lunges with his sword. At, but Merlin's too quick. Merlin's way too quick on the draw. He knew this was coming all along. You know he didn't want it to come to this. But he hits him with that two-handed magic blast. And I'm trying to, I was typing in my notes thinking like, oh, Agravain looks like he got pretty fucked up. No, he's straight up dead. Merlin killed him and he doesn't say a thing. He's just, Merlin is just quiet after he two bland, 
two-hand blasts this man, he's just quiet. He just had to use that power. Again, he's used it before, but just it was just such a dominant display of power. And that's not who Merlin really is. So he's just kind of quiet there. You can see he's a little bit torn up about what he had to do. But that's that. He's got to move on. And once again, like, you know, fucking Colin Morgan uh, just doing more with his face in an episode of Merlin than I think most actors do in an entire series of TV shows. Mm -hmm. Because as we see, like, the camera framing is really interesting here, too, because we see him standing over the dead body. And then he turns to face the camera and you can see the complexity on his face. You can see the turmoil in his face that he... Like, for the first time, maybe, you know, he feels bad using this magic to do these kind of things. And it's mm-hmm. it's really interesting. And, like, and again, Colin Morgan just, like, bringing the fucking <laughs> heavy, heavy, heavy acting He's to bringing this. the heat. And, I, again, yeah, I, I thought for sure either Morgana was going to dispose of Agravain or Arthur was going to fight him. And it was going to be this, you know, epic showdown where he faces his own uncle. It's some something about facing down his past, you know, metaphors and stuff. But no, just Merlin killing him in the dark here in, in a cave. It's like, what is that? What is that telling us? Uh, it's it's Merlin is not that he hasn't been willing to do anything for the greater good or for Arthur, however you want to spit it. But now it's like, is he crossing lines? I don't think that Merlin's going to go dark side. It just shows that he he's different than he was at the beginning, and he's willing to push things if if it comes to that. We should take a minute to talk about Aggravane as a character, since he this is his exit and the last time we're going to see him. Um, I, I feel like Aggravane kind of took his name a little bit too seriously because he was kind of an <laughs> aggravation for most of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's something very like I, I don't. We made a lot of jokes about it being the actor's fault, and I don't. I definitely don't think it's that. Right? Like it's not. It's not that situation. It's just weirdly. I watched the outtakes on the Blu-ray after this episode, and he seems like a fun man. <laughs> <laughs> Great, that's good. I didn't even know that. That's outtakes. What are those? Uh, yeah, I didn't know that was a thing. I just happened to see it before I took the, the Blu-ray out. I was like, oh, well, I'll pop it in. Um, but I feel like this character was, I, I think it was set up to be, like you, you mentioned like the worm tongue, I think in the last mm. episode. Uh, and I feel like it was set up to be that somebody who gains Arthur trust only ultimately to betray it. And he did that. He accomplished that goal. But it was never extremely compelling to me. And then with the weird way that like he was not quite like lusting after Morgana, but like just desiring her friendship so strongly Mm. and the weird way that she sort of dismissed him towards the end as this like kind of non-relevant character. Uh, It just feels really weird. And then uh, absolutely you're right. in that I fully believe that we would get some dramatic conclusion to this, like him failing to capture Arthur and then getting killed by Morgana makes a lot of sense to me him dying at Arthur's hand because Arthur loses control or something also makes a lot of sense to me. Maybe we didn't have enough time for that much pathos in this episode because so much stuff is happening, but right. uh, and also maybe they were like, Hey, Merlin is the main character of the show, right? Like Merlin, his name is on the fucking <laughs> title. This is true. So like, well, let's have, let's have this dude solve this problem and have to deal with that in, in the future. So I don't know. I, I, it's weird because I never particularly enjoyed Agravain as, as a character at all throughout this. And then here I was just like, okay, so they did away with him. Good. All right. Moving on. It's, yeah. And, and it, it feels like he was less of a character and more of a plot device. Yes. He was able, yeah. he was just the guy inside the court who could get the info to um, Morgana without having to have a pre-established character be the traitor. Uh, because otherwise I think we would have needed, I don't know if necessarily backstory, but we would have just needed more from Agravain if he was going to stand on his own as a, as a, like a true villain. But in, in this case, he just ends up being an informant who gets killed. Yeah. Um, 
while all this is happening, Arthur uh, decides to go back and check for Merlin. He's he's worried about him. Um, he runs into him almost immediately. Uh, this action surprises Tristan. There's going to be several times that Arthur does something, and we we cut to Tristan like looking over, like what the fuck? Just completely Arthur completely bucking his expectations for what royalty should be because he is not used to royalty being you know legit. Yeah. Uh, Arthur eventually finds Merlin and Merlin teases him about being uh, worried about him. And of course, Arthur doesn't admit it and then makes a joke like, I came back because you're my only friend and I couldn't bear to lose you. And Merlin's like, really? And he's like, absolutely not, you simpleton. Uh, but I absolutely except, believe except. that it's the case. Yes, 100% <laughs> the case. Like, we have seen um, their friendship, their 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 relationship develop from, you know, this that kind of enemy kind of thing up until I think this thing with Gwen really sealed them together right like yeah sealed arthur's belief that merlin is a trusted confidant at this point uh and it's i don't know man like it, i get kind of emotional about it like this is this is nice i i feel i feel so happy for merlin it's like arthur finally respects him or it seems like that's starting to come through now i don't think that arthur's demeanor will ever change i think that he's always going to on the surface treat him the same way that he has before i don't know what season five has in store but it's just hard to imagine him dropping the act, you know, uh, of being like, you idiot, like, go wash my clothes or whatever. I don't think he's ever going to drop that. But there's there's a big difference now. And you're right. I think it does come down to, of course, everything else Merlin has done, the the incredible loyalty and bravery he's shown in the last couple episodes. But it comes down to the Gwen thing, you know, <laughs> just break it down to like normal people in a normal situation. The man goes through an awful breakup and his one true friend is there to support him the whole way through and, yep. and, and help him find the truth of how he really feels. And if for nothing else, that's, that's changed Arthur's perspective. Uh, our group arrives at the outside of the cave and they're kind of looking over a forest. Uh, Arthur wants to go deeper into Lot's kingdom and Tristan's like, that's probably a bad idea. And Merlin's like, hey, yeah, we should go hang out in this forest of Essiter and then head back to Camelot. And eventually everybody sort of agrees to that. Um, we would go back to Camelot with my least favorite fucking plot subplot of this two-parter series which is Gaius doesn't Gaius is sick for no reason like Gaius like I know I don't know how much time is supposed to have been passing he's just old and hungry yeah yeah he's just hungry and that incapacitates him for fucking two episodes my Uh man like he it's he he's incapacitated so fully that he doesn't show up in the ending of this part they just like rescue him and he disappears (laughs) they I think they had to have him KO'd because I think untangling anything with Gaius in relation to Morgana would just be too much. But they just they didn't want to touch like, it. Yeah, this man who gaslit her for years. <laughs> See, I um, I feel really, and this is this is you know backseat quarterbacking or whatever you want to call it, backseat driving, uh, armchair quarterbacking, whatever you want to call it, but like. I feel like as much as this, we see this like Gwen set up here where he's fighting for food. Uh, I feel like her torturing Gaius and maybe even eventually killing him for what she, what he did to her as she was growing up in Camelot is much more impactful than the Gwen stuff that we get. Like, and that that almost seems like it's a weird comedy the, bit. The, yeah, the Gwen stuff. I think that's just like a fetish for Morgana, okay. right? not yeah. to kink shamer, but like she's just like, yeah, let me get this fucking shirtless hot guy to fight. Yeah, like first, yeah. like like she's just into this. She's just enjoying this. She's getting off on the power of and, it. And like, I get it. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I mean, if I'm in that position, right? Like, if I'm, you know, I hey, like I'll shirtless dudes fighting. Everybody likes yeah. to see it from time to time. Like it's it's, it's a good time. Like she's just bringing him. Like nobody else is involved. Um, but I do wish they. So had, I, th- I just think she likes him. I do wish they had delved a little bit into Morgana and Gaius's relationship relationship especially mm-hmm. all of the gaslighting and whatnot because i think that it, it it it's interesting and i i can't imagine like with the writing chops that these these this this team this creative team on merlin has 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 
I can't believe they didn't think about that. I've, again, I think that there's we're probably just exploring ideas that they explored and ultimately ruled out for various reasons. Right. But, but I just really wanted so many to see minutes it. in an episode. You can only deal with so many plots in a in a TV show. That's probably like more of an all ages kind of affair, right? <laughs> yeah, and and again, like you know, hey, it's the title of the show is Merlin. It's not fucking Gaius or Morgana. So like, how much yeah. time are we really going to spend on some of this stuff? Um, all that being said, back in the cell, it's great to see that Elian has recovered after they took him to the limits of of human endurance or whatever they said. Um, <laughs> The whole snake thing, it's its not an issue anymore. Eventually, if you hurt your penis so much, it just stops hurting. I don't know if you know that. I don't know if you've ever been in yeah. that situation, but you can hurt your penis so much that it just stops hurting for life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's where Elian's at. He's, he's weirdly get kind of a pep in his step. Yeah, he's, he's pretty excited about this whole thing. He's like, I didn't realize how much this has just been a burden to me my whole life. Um, we check over. Anyway. We check with our group in the forest. Uh, yes. And they're gathering firewood for the fire. Like, Arthur's over here trying to gather firewood. Tristan's just like, you're not fucking special. I can <laughs> carry more firewood than you it's like what tristan is so mean to arthur for no reason whatsoever special okay yeah i saved your girlfriend like i saved her like what are you talking about i'm pretty fucking special dude there's like i didn't even say anything uh tristan rambles off and gwen shows up and before she can really even say anything arthur immediately shuts her down and says like hey that this moment that we had it was a moment i had an out-of-body experience uh, during this everything i've cherished between us everything we've ever had is gone uh and if you thought tristan was being mean this is just fucking mean dog this is so mean we um, i i'm glad so obviously things work out in the by the end of this episode but in this scene last episode we're, we were talking about or the episode before Oh, I'm so glad that they can uh, reconcile without needing the, the truth revealed, right? They're able to overcome this betrayal, this thing that happened, just by being people. It's not a magic reveal that suddenly, oh, I know I can trust you again. They worked through it or whatever, or they came to realize that they cared about each other more than this one mistake. Um, and then to have this happen, I was like, no, nah, uh, uh, I was talking all that talk. Are we going to have to now wait for the truth to be revealed? Thankfully, no, it's, but it is a moment where Arthur's at a very low point right now. Yes. And he, especially just being, you know, harried by uh, Agravain just, you know, 24 hours earlier. And he he's just all turned around. He's just been betrayed by everybody and he, he can't he can't do it. So he's turning down Gwen here. It hurts real bad. But Gwen, you know, she hangs tough. She stays in there. She stays in the fight. We jump back over to Gwen, who's being tossed back in a cell after winning some bread. Uh, it's some very mm-hmm. moldy bread that Morgana tosses in after him. Uh, just want to make a comment that I don't think Morgana's hair has been very good this season, but this like goth thing that she's got going on with this black like with lace situation, beautiful, like amazing. Well, like, now she's now put, she can go back. She's in a castle. Yeah, she's so she can go for more of like the gothic aesthetic. Yeah, when she's in the woods, she has to go forest witch. And that's a little bit crazier, a little bit messier. So mm-hmm. um, she's a, she, she's aware. She's aware of her surroundings. She's aware of the aesthetic. She knows what she knows. Doing. She knows what she's doing. She knows the appearance that she gives off. So what's that? What's that classic uh, line and from The Office? Um, oh, what is the Idris Elba? He's like, I know the effect that I have on women. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like Morgana's like, I know the effect. She's, that I have Morgana's on like, I know the effect that I have on crows. <laughs> Absolutely. This is a bunch of them following around, giving her money for no reason. Um, Elian tries to give this bread to Gaius, and Gaius like protests. He's like, "I'm I'm a physician, and I know when I'm dying." There's, and I'm like, "Why? <laughs> You're just hungry." He's like, also, that bread looks nasty as fuck. I don't want it. <laughs> He's like, "Just give it to Gwen. He'll eat anything." <laughs> 
point, it's like, it's true, I will. It's true, and I will, I'll take it immediately. Um, we jump back over to the forest where uh, Merlin sits, besides a pr- sits beside a pretty desolate Arthur um, mm. and wonders what, you know, what's bothering Arthur. And Arthur, of course, explains in great detail how much he was a fool and trusted all the wrong people. Uh, he's made nothing but bad decisions since Pick Henry King uh, and just really beating himself up. And, you know, Merlin insists that he's a worthy king. And Arthur is like, I, I'm just good with the sword, man. Like, this is the only yeah. thing that I've been able to accomplish. And Merlin says, your people love you. And Arthur says, most of my people are dead. Uh, oh. And he and Merlin tries to protest. I'm like, hey, no, no, they escaped in the forest. Your knights, like, saved them. And, and Arthur doesn't even want to hear it. He just gets up and walks away. Um, And then we're treated to what has to be the funniest scene in this episode, in my opinion, Mm -hmm. where Merlin is just high speed running through the forest and like talking this fucking dragon talk like no one's business, just yelling it in the middle. Like Tristan definitely heard this is all I'm saying. Like Tristan was like, what the fuck is up with Merlin? And Like, what is going on? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like this dude is fucking like Merlin is acting like a fucking crazy person. This dude's a little freaky. His old and his old's like, I like him like that. And Tristan's like, calm down, girl. You're mine. Yeah, please. We've got a Wikipedia um, page about our he's relationship. He's very self-conscious about the age gap. <laughs> yeah, I would be too. She's beautiful, and you look like a fucking like you look like you could play Skeletor in a, a dated like He-Man a adaptation. <laughs> uh, no, Arthur. Excuse me. Merlin is running around to uh, summon up the dragon, uh, and it's time to get the dragon's advice about all of this. Uh, he tells. Uh, the dragon. Is- I love that he's Merlin first. It's just like, hey, thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks for dropping those, dropping that that searing, fiery hell onto those knights that were attacking us. Uh, the dragon says, uh, "The land of Albion is in peril." Uh, Merlin explains all Arthur's doubts, and the dragon says, "It's up to Merlin to restore Arthur's faith. Uh, you must make mm-hmm. him believe that he can be a king once more." And Merlin gets quiet, and then you could tell like he has an idea. Um, and he asked the dragon if he can find like all of the citizens of Camelot that fled. And the dragon's like, I can cover many leagues in the blink of an eye. And I'm like, so that explains Game of Thrones season seven. Okay, cool, yes. cool, cool, yeah. cool. We covered uh, it. Uh, we had to go to Merlin we had to in go 2011 to, Merlin to, to get, get the answers. Okay, okay, now I understand. Uh, leagues in the blink of an eye. This makes much more sense now. Okay. Gotcha, uh, gotcha. Finally, we get the explanation that we needed. Take that, uh, YouTube channel full of assholes, yeah. probably. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. So Merlin, he's cooking. I, what's he cooking, dude? What's he what's cooking he up? Cooking? He's got it. He's he's cooking up some sauce, bro. He's what cooking was it he up. cooking? Uh, what's next? Um, listener, that was a question for you. Please, yeah, please, respond. please respond to your radio. <laughs> please, uh, can you not hear us? The next morning, uh, Arthur uh, Merlin wakes Arthur up and is like, gotcha. "Hey, we got to go. Uh, I've got I've got something to show you, and along the way, I'm going to tell you a story that Gaius told me." And Arthur's like, "Absolutely not. I want to stay in bed." He literally, oh, man, this a- just started getting kind of epic. <laughs> he literally asks <laughs> Merlin, "Like, can I go to bed now?" <laughs> like after he tells the story, <laughs> all he wants to do is sleep, which I I can appreciate. <laughs> wish i could stay in bed like that um instead merlin tells the kind of the history of camelot uh before the five kingdoms were you know had this uneasy truce it was just all endless blood and war um this barada guy i don't know I don't, i'm probably saying that now brita barada it's he's either bruda? A che- i think it's bruda he's either a cheese or a water filter i can get my, my yeah. accent's not gonna let me let me either one um he you yeah, know king, king bruda king bruda i had to turn on the subs for this one uh, he put together. He he like made everything happen. Like he he you know brought peace. United the to five the land. kingdoms. He was the first king of Camelot, and um, 
he was the greatest king who ever did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Um, but there's another part of this legend because Arthur's like, yeah, dude, everybody's aware of this legend. Okay. And Merlin's like, well, the other part is, you know, of course, you are of the line of kings. You're his his descendant, however many generations separated. Uh, and there's this one other part of the legend that most people don't know about. And it's that King Bruda on his des- deathbed asked to be taken to the forest and he thrust his sword into a rock to have it serve as a test that only the one true king of Camelot can pull that weapon free. Now, the cool sword, Arthur's used this sword before, right? I know there was some controversy because Uther used the sword when Uther, he wasn't supposed yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, he used the sword, and that, and then Arthur, excuse me, Merlin had to grab it up and, and then sneak it away. But I don't know that because I just okay, yeah, I don't know if Arthur's ever actually wielded it, but I just feel like if I'd found a sweet gilded blade, I would probably recognize it if I saw it again. <laughs> <laughs> and Arthur's probably likes swords even more than I do. You know, he could actually use them. He's not just a fan from afar. He's intimate with them. He's super, super into it. Uh, I love that Arthur does not believe this, by the way. He's yeah. like, this is this is absolute rubbish. And he's like, are you calling Gaius a liar? And he's like, no, I'm calling you an idiot. Um, yeah, he's like, so what? Yeah, why? You're an idiot. Like, why have I never heard of this? And he's like, well, The Rock was lost during the Great Purge, but I happened to find it. And dude, like, perfect timing on Merlin's part. Perfect. Because sure enough, <laughs> boom, there it is. And like, then we have to stop and Merlin gets into there. They start filming a TV show. You know what I mean? It, it goes from a TV show to a film. Like they, they elevate it for a minute. We get that light coming and falling over Arthur. Um, and then the camera pans around and, and we see the sword in the stone. Arthur struck silent. And then all those those people of Camelot who escaped to the woods, uh, Leon and Percival, they're all there. And everybody, it's like they're just waiting for him. This is a beautiful moment. Um, the trivia section of the Wikipedia helpfully says that this uh, uh, looks like the a scene in the Legend of Zelda games, which I <laughs> I find very hilarious because like hmm, I wonder exactly where they would have gotten the inspiration for a sword stuck Zelda in a. Get the um, but it's it, this is really beautiful. Like I got goosebumps almost immediately. Like the mm-hmm. the only thing I I didn't particularly like is I think they do like fake. Um, uh, lens flare a little bit which i feel like is oh, just un- sure. unnecessary like i don't know why that bothers me so much but it it, did. it was the error of the lens flare yeah, you know starting yeah. in like oh wait we were not getting away from lens flare yeah that was uh what's his name um that one director guy that jj abrams. abrams brought lens flare and it's just it was just around at that point yeah. um arthur walks towards the sword uh he grasps the hilt He's extremely. And he's, I think he's. He's just worried. The 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 Arthur who's already filled with doubt, already saying they need to find a new king. He thinks he's just basically about gonna make a fool of himself in front of everybody right now. Yeah, absolutely, and doesn't want to, and is like worried, and looks to Ar- looks to Merlin for encouragement, and Merlin kind of keeps up a like a running dialogue of like, "You're the once and future king. You're you're gonna take mm-hmm. us to the lands of Albion, all of his other stuff. You know, you you can cook pop tots perfectly. Like I don't know how you do it, but they come no out. No one and ever they- gets the ratio to to crispiness to gooiness oh, as as. as as, as good as you do, Arthur, you're you're just a, you're natural at it. Uh, and Arthur pulls the sword, and it doesn't come at first. And so Merlin like encourages him more. Uh, Arthur reaches over and then grasps the sword like from like an almost like an upside down thing. So like he's hold, mm. he's like he like he put he the sword a new in the stone. Yeah. Um, and this time, you know, as Merlin's encouraging him, uh, we see this camera start to circle around him and of course Merlin uses a little bit of his magic and that's when the sword comes free in Arthur's yeah. hand uh and everybody is into this everybody begins shouting long live the king uh and this is like I mentioned this up top like this absolute fucking lie because none of this existed like this is not 
uh, uh, there was no king, or maybe there was the king, but like this story didn't happen. Gaius didn't tell it to Merlin. Merlin stuck it out here in the middle of fucking nowhere and just randomly found yeah. it again. I don't think it's literally no one can pull it out. It isn't just that. Oh, the future. <laughs> it's like no, you literally need a guy doing magic in the background to get this out. And like I'm not, uh, and listeners, like especially if you're you know very educated in the the the, the tales and the folklore of Arthurian legend, like you maybe this is a common thing that happens. But like to me, I was just so shocked that they made it. Uh, a trick and i and i love it so much i love this because it's not mm-hmm. not necessarily some some incredibly beautiful prophecy it's just belief it's that yeah. merlin yeah. believes in his friend so much he believes in his boyfriend so much that he is just ready to do this to make it happen for him uh, and that's that's a wonderful thing i love this i think that it's just so much nicer than if it was a legend, if it was destiny, if he truly is the only one who can lift it out of the rock. I mean, in Zelda, you got to get enough heart pieces before you pull in that sucker. That's just brute strength. That's endurance. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But this is literally friendship and faith. And it's it's kind of nice. It's it's very nice. It's very beautiful. Uh, we switch back over to Camelot. Helios is reporting to Morgana that they found Agravain and all of his forces completely dead. Uh, instead of mourning or so having these guys got rocked something happened <laughs> something, out there we found uh like boots with stumps i don't know what that was but something that can convert a man to stumps was out there and i and it did not smell good i don't want to fight the stump giver 3000 okay Morgana? i'm taking most people i imagine especially people like uh helios who are not from camelot they probably don't know there's a dragon back I have no of, idea you know, uther no got rid of all the dragons no one knows there was one kept in the basement for some reason um Morgana has no sympathy or really anything to say about Aggravate at all. Like I expected something to, to for her, or her face to betray something. And instead, she realizes mm. this is the work of Emerus. Um, and just to remind listeners at home, like at the beginning of the season is when Morgana had her vision of Gwen becoming queen and Emerus standing over her dead body uh, on, on a battlefield. And she's been kind of fighting to make that make sure that doesn't happen all season. Uh, and when she realizes this, it causes her to to kind of fall apart a bit. Uh, not quite yet, uh, but you could tell like the, the the inklings are there for her, where she's way more scared than she is confident. Yeah, um, and there's a, a shift in her demeanor. I think for the rest of this episode, he, he Emerus is this like literal specter haunting her. She is so afraid of of his presence that she almost can't do her thing and it's like her worst of her worst fears end up coming true but it's like it almost feels like she, there doesn't need to be a trick for her to not be able to use magic because she's so afraid of this prophecy as somebody who has spent her entire life haunted by horrible nightmares and visions of the future to have this one that's now hanging over her, her is like it's it's shaken her to her core and she's she's gonna be a little bit tripped up for the rest of the episode um, we go back over to Arthur, uh, who is uh, l- wants to lead a fight to Camelot, uh, and Leon says that they will they will definitely fight, even though the odds are you know three to one against them. Um, and Arthur makes a comment that they will fight for Camelot, and uh, Leon is like, no, 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 we're gonna fight for you. Uh, and you know Percival yeah. backs this up. 
uh, I think I think Leon's the one that says, I will ride into the mouth of hell for you. And everybody is like, yeah, absolutely. And again, one of those moments where we cut to Tristan and Tristan going like, what in the fuck? What the <laughs> fuck is happening here? That, that like gif of Tom DeLong going, what the fuck? That's Tristan right now. This, is, this dude is like 19 years old, y'all. <laughs> like, I don't think the, I don't think he could spell I'm, Medicare. I, Tristan, and Tristan, because Tristan's old trying to act young, he's like, I could never pull like I this. I could what never do on? this. <laughs> Most of my guys just are paid. Like, I just give them gold. Arthur has huge pull-up game. I don't know what's going on here. Uh, and Arthur looks at his assembled crew and says, to the mouth of hell it is. Uh, and then later that evening, we see uh, Gwen walking through the camp, and she watches as Tristan just brings up it brings flowers to Isolde for, for no reason at all. And she kind of wanders over to Gwen and tells her, you know, don't give up hope, because they're kind of both looking at Arthur, both of them thinking, like, damn, that dude's handsome and noble? I gotta lock that yeah. shit down. Damn. Damn. <laughs> Can't believe I fell in love with an old guy wearing a wig. Fucking. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've been manipulated a little bit. <laughs> Why did I fall in love with old Especially Sam Winchester? looking at the legends, wasn't she, like, like a princess? <laughs> She got robbed, man. She, she got, got robbed. She, she absolutely got, swindled. got robbed. Um, but she tells Gwen that love is stronger than anything. So, yeah. you know, uh, hang tough. Gwen is rocking her classic, uh, absolutely disgusting fur vest that I hate so much. I just think this is a weird <laughs> piece of She doesn't wear kit. it for long. Thankfully, she, she's got a number of wardrobe changes. Uh, just one. It's just one by the end, I think, actually. Merlin catches up with Arthur, uh, who, of course, is worried uh, not about this about this upcoming battle, but also more wor- so worried about Morgana's power. Uh, mm. And so Merlin is like, well, I know how to fix this. I make up my stories. So now he says that when yeah. the sword was drawn from the stone in a time of Camelot's greatest need, it would be drawn by, you know, Camelot's hero, uh, the one, the person that's going to lead them to blah, blah, blah. Like, he keeps going. Uh, and Yeah, and Arthur's like, you're making this up. <laughs> and I love Merlin's response to this. Is Why would I make this up? Your head is already as big as your waist. And I'm like, that's... Dude, with the fat jokes. <laughs> the fat jokes with Arthur. Merlin's the only one who it's gets away good. with it. Because it's Arthur. Because Arthur's the target. <laughs> Uh, as Merlin, a little bit later, Merlin is sitting to himself, and you could tell that he's had one of his classic Merlin ideas, and it's time for a caper. Uh, I love. The- oh yeah, and I will say before we got we got to say, Merlin says the you know believe in yourself. I believe in you. I always have, and that's so nice that Arthur doesn't even know what to say. Yeah, he can't even come up with an Merlin insult walks back away to that. From him. Yeah. Oh man. Um. Jesus. I- just fucking up your homies with kindness um yeah and then he and then he sneaks off and before dude where even is he because suddenly he's in the fucking castle and he's disguised as emirates and next thing we know we got merlin sneaking through the castle disguised as emirates morgana sees him literally like a ghost of the ghost of ebenezer scrooge just cruising <laughs> down the hallway you know looking for the fucking ghost of christmas past um oh, with his little so nighty on his little nightcap and his and his big old stupid candle rushing down and Morgana's losing it. She cannot believe that Ebenezer Scrooge is here. And she's she's freaked out. And she orders Helios and his guards to run after him. Uh, he he makes his way kind of past some guards. And he gets into this room where he creates this fetish. This is the only way I can describe it. Uh, like this weird little a fetish. That, or a totem that he sets on or fire. Or call it a fetish. You know, whatever makes you happy. Um, and as a, like we hear alarm bells ringing, uh, he goes over to one of the guards that he is down and starts like unbuckling his belt. And I'm like, Morgan Merlin, PG 13. I'm like at most, my man, what are you, what are you about to do here? Um, instead we switch over to Helios. who is telling Morgana that Emerus fled, 
uh, and you know he was frightened by your power, and she's like, absolutely not. Absolutely he is- <laughs> not. That Ebenezer Scrooge motherfucker is not frightened of anything. He's crazy. He is coming directly after me, and Helios is like, oh god, I've got a live one here, uh, and he yeah. just tells her like, why don't you go to sleep? And I'm, I wanted her just so much to Dude. be like, no, I have I have been asleep for most of my life, when, and I'm I am coming out to fight this. But instead, he tells her to go to sleep. He looks like he's he's asking for an invite. He's like, I'll go with you. <laughs> I'll go with you. We can distract you a little bit. But, Mar- but dude, Morgana's this like, is Absolutely. Morgana looks like season one Morgana here when she is like, OK, set guards at the door like that fear in her, like this expression on her face. I feel like we have not seen this in a long time. Agreed. Yeah, this is this is harkening and back I to almost that feel part. sorry Morgana. for her um, because as she goes into bed and Helios is outside, you know, she's just not even letting her lackeys near her anymore. It's like Morgana is truly alone. She defected because of her hatred for Uther and her situation and her suffering, but also because she had uh, more ghosts. She had somebody. And just as she has used up all these people, she finds herself in the situation alone and afraid. It doesn't matter that she's got an army around her. She's alone. And I just sort of felt sorry for her. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a valid take. I think Morgana is a uh, is, is a tragic character on the show. Um, as much as I want her to be like either more evil, <laughs> more witchy, or like or I still think that th- this idea of of her being especially because she's in the same place, right? Like it's got to be mm-hmm. uh, it's got to be traumatic for her to be in the place where her sister died or where her sister was attacked by Merlin. Um, but also where she lived her life terrified of her own mm-hmm. dreams, right? Like it's got to be kind of freaky. Um, she goes to sleep, uh, and I love this camera drop as the as she oh, yeah. closes her eyes, the camera just drops just directly down. So you see this weird. Why don't you like me calling it a fetish? Like it's that's just what it is. Like oh I no, I was just teasing you. Yeah, okay. that's what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> um, this weird fetish thing, like and it's starting. To, it looks singed at this point. Like it's like it's burning. So Merlin is it's activated, and I love this because like this, odorless. This, this is some Morgana shit, right? Like Merlin yeah. is now. Yeah, she's pulled this shit on so many people. All of her power, all of her revenge, and she's she's alone. And now her own tricks are coming back to haunt her. But also, like going back to that moment with uh, Merlin and Agravain, right, where he uses his power to just fucking kill that dude in cold blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Merlin realizing, like, I'm gonna have to do bad things with my magic, is real interesting to me. Like, I don't, yeah, because because it, it's a, it's that weird gray area of like we don't know if it's right or not. Like, what if doing that? Like, there's all kinds of, of of consequences for this that we just don't know. And um, I think it's there has always been sort of a clear distinction. I mean, on paper there has been. Sometimes they play a little fast and loose with Merlin killing people, but there has been a distinction with like the way that that. Um, Morgana uses her powers the way that what's her name uh from the season one the bad the bad witch lady um oh oh um whatever the way that the way that the bad guys have used their magic is portrayed one way yeah and the way that Merlin uses his magic is a different thing and and now like you said this it's kind of blending a little bit we got a little bit of both going on for Merlin like what's you know he he's winning He's he's getting Arthur to the place that Arthur needs to be. He's trying to do what's right for Camelot, but now he's getting a little trickier about it. Uh, Marlon makes his way back to the camp. We see him the next day, looking very tired. Um, Arthur is there. The way that they fade in from from the from the finish, oh yeah, dude, right Super into fucking Merlin's great. Yeah. face, and then the fade the fade just like snaps out of it as Arthur snaps his fingers in, in Merlin's face. It was a great edit. Um, Arthur is telling Tristan his old like, hey, you know, we appreciate you. Uh, carry your ass. We don't need you. This is a Camelot issue. <laughs> you, you don't have any. You don't have red cloaks. You need to get the fuck out of here. And they surprise him. Uh, 
they say, you know, you have shown us that you fight for what is right and fair, and we will help you take back your kingdom. Um, Gwen shows up and is like, hey, Arthur, just just so you know, I know you can never forgive me, but I never stopped loving you. Never once. See you later. And she walks off. Yeah. But I'm like, this is going to yeah. be a very complicated. She drops this bobshell on him because she's like, we don't know what's going to happen in this fight. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to say this. Uh, so now we see Arthur's uh, assembled army, his ragtag army armed themselves. Yeah. Uh, we get this slow-mo, drawing swords, yeah. pulling back bows and shit. They begin their charge, or what I thought was going to be a charge, because it's like nighttime or early morning. It's raining or something. And then it cuts to this like wide shot of Camelot and all the goofy dudes in their costumes like running up on the castle. Just suddenly, I was like, well, that's a little less epic when you frame it that way, but that's okay. Sure. Yeah, there's like 60 of them all just running around with their cloaks, all like bright red flags waving yeah, in the breeze. it's a little too bright. Like, maybe we, we left the cloaks in the woods, you know? I don't know. <laughs> um, and we they start their attack. Uh, so... Uh, they split into a bunch of different teams. None of this stuff is really super important in terms of story, um, but we do get a lot of action shots of like Percival mm-hmm. taking out a bunch of guards, um, uh, Helios waking up Morgana and her realizing that it's not Emerus that's coming, it's it's Arthur. Uh, Tristan and Isolde get their own little fight slim in s- slow-mo. Uh, we see Morgana kind of waiting for Arthur to make his way through the castle. Um, there's a moment where Percival... It's nighttime uh, now. It was daytime before. It's nighttime now. It's very confusing. Uh, <laughs> Percival gets to like do a big scream in slow motion, which I thought was very funny. Yep. Uh, yep. There's tons and eventually, of- he, as they've all like pushed through the castle, eventually Percival goes and he frees Elian and Gwen. Um, they carry Gaius out, and he's like, Elian! Are you all right? And he's like, yeah, they put a snake in my dick, but like, we're good now. <laughs> well, he even says like, they put a snake in my dick, but what's worse is I was with uh, Gwen for a week in the cell. Yeah. <laughs> like, Gwen is I just mean, that like, bad. Snake dick jokes apart, aside, they whatever they did to him, they said they pushed him to the limits of human endurance or something along those lines. Maybe that, not that exact phrase, uh-huh. but they did some shit to Elliot. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, whatever. I've had worse. It's okay. Don't worry about it. This guy's taken so many blows in life that he's just like, eh, whatever. Arthur's dad killed my dad. No big deal. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm, I, and, he, and then he banished my sister. I mean, what do I care anymore? I'm fucking dead inside, man. Um, Arthur takes some guards head on. Gwen gets to knock one out. Um, and he, they, they take a moment before they uh, decide to burst into what I call the throne room, but I don't think is the throne room. I don't know how this castle, but there's definitely a throne that they stand on, um, or sit on. And here is Morgana and Helios seemingly unguarded. Uh, and she kind of welcomes him and he holds. Is this like the council chamber? And then they just move the table in and out as they need. It must be. Yeah. Uh, he holds, I mean, you got you got staff, you know what I mean? Move the table. He holds up Excalibur for her to see, and she like looks at it and is like, all right. <laughs> um, That's, I, my class doesn't even use that, so like I don't care. Uh, he looks her directly in the eyes and is like, what happened to you? I thought we were friends. And she says, as did I, but alas, we were both wrong. Uh, and she kind of goes on a little bit about his how he's made his feelings plain about her kind and how he's similar to Uther. And he says, uh, you know, I, just as you are, because they, you know, they've both done this. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says, well, she kind of laughs it off. It's like, not even Emerus can save you now. And he's like, he kind of looks like, around. He's like, who the fuck is Emerus? <laughs> <The fuck is that? laughs> I love this moment. Arthur just has no idea. <laughs> So who the fuck are you talking about? Ebenezer Scrooge, that guy. Um, and then as he could, well, he's met he's met Emerus, but he knows him as Dragoon. Dragoon so. Yeah. Uh, 
she starts laughing um, because everyone draws their blades th- thinking this is going to be a fight. And she's yeah, like, and she's like, well, I'm going to start blasting. And then when she goes to blast, absolutely nothing happens. And for nothing. like a minute, obviously like, they cut to the, the fetish. So we know that Merlin did something, but Merlin looks so uncomfortable. I, I had this moment in my head where I thought that he had like made himself the target of the magic as opposed to everybody else somehow. Um, but they just, they don't ever come back and explain that. It just doesn't work. Right. Like it just yeah. stops. Well, we had that moment uh, at the beginning of the season where, Merlin couldn't use his magic because of the those ghost things. Whatever. He couldn't use magic and it, and it was like messing with him. Yeah. So maybe there is just it's a pang of guilt. Again, she is one of his kind and he's denying her of, of her magic and like maybe he just he, he feels guilty about what he did. He did. He can relate to the pain that she's in but it's like you gotta do what you gotta do. Um, Morgana realizes this is gonna work and Helios does as well so he pushes her behind him um, and basically tells her to run uh, like to get the mm-hmm. fuck out of there uh and gwen and merlin rush after morgana as arthur uh tristan and isold uh all hang as m- more guards rush in um and it's a big old fight there's this yeah. great scene of uh morgana who has now picked up a sword from somewhere and is just cutting mm-hmm. her way through camelot nights she gets the same slow-mo montage uh, that in the same hallway that arthur did last fucking episode. beautiful man i love this so much it's yeah. so great There's some pen dragon shit going on right now um they we she does somebody get, some random <laughs> just sneaks a, a, an attack on her like pokes her in the ribs or something she gets and wounded. she kills him like like it's nothing but now she's wounded this is this is gonna affect her now and as the fight rages on in the the council chamber or whatever, um, the Helios manages to knock Arthur down and is about to kill him. Is about to execute him uh, when Isolde comes out of nowhere to to, to strike him down. Uh, but he kind of turns at the last minute and mortally wounds her, and mm-hmm. she turns around to meet Tristan's eyes and then just falls to her knees in front of Tristan, um, dying. Uh, having sacrificed herself for Arthur, which is probably something that Tristan is definitely going to be pretty mad about later. Yeah. Um, Tristan in his new villain arc, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. He's Um, the villain of season five. I didn't want to, I didn't want to pull pull this, bring this up, but he's the new villain. Um, um, Then we cut over to Gwen and this is not a face off. I was expecting, but it's, it's Gwen versus Morgana and they straight up are having a sword fight. Yeah. Um, This personal, uh, I obviously Morgana has trained with a sword for most of her life. Gwen has not. But um, Morgana starts talking that talk about how she knows what Gwen is destined to do and she can't let it happen. Gwen is like, what the fuck are you talking what about? What in the fuck? Um, Who is Emerus? What is going on? Yeah. I would say Gwen but, holds um, her own better again in this sword fight than I would have in a sword fight again. Like, it's just presumably, like, I just pick up a sword and try to fight Morgana, who's been trained at it, would not last very long. Uh, she's wounded, so... And I, and I do like this, like, this idea, because the question that Gwen asks her is, like, why do you hate me so? Like, what what yeah. did I ever... And he, she's like, it's not what you have done, but what you were destined to do. And Gwen's like, well, I just fucking give up. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, you can't keep fucking speaking to riddles. I put up with your zines for <laughs> so years. Long. I would see you wrapped up in the curtains, and I didn't say a, a word. word to anyone. Even you, I never gave you a hard time about the curtain thing. And when you tried to pretend that the zine wasn't written by you, and you would hand it up, oh, I read this by this cool author. You should check it out. I knew it was you, and I never fucking said anything. And this is how you treat me. Unbelievable! Absolutely unbelievable. But Gwen 
gets overpowered and she gets almost killed by Morgana here. Mm-hmm. And at the last minute, uh, Morgana is blasted back as a, a you know, just a, yet another section of Camel of Chaosal of Camelot just falls <laughs> to the ground. Yeah. Uh, and there's dust everywhere. And of course, you know, Merlin comes around the corner and is like, what happened? I have, I have no clue what could that could have. Oh. And as the, as the dust dissipates, we realize that Morgana is gone. Um, mm-hmm. We get a very, very sad scene of Tristan holding Isolde as she dies um, and, you know, her saying, I'm sorry. All I could think about was when when Merlin gets back into the room and he sees what's unfolding, Merlin could heal her, but he can't because everybody's watching. And that's, I, I I mean, I don't know that he could necessarily heal a mortal wound. Yeah. But I was just kept thinking because he's so torn up. And of course he would be anyway. You know, to watch uh, you know, a friend and ally die, he doesn't like to see that. Um, but you, I just feel like there's even more of that pain because not only did they get these two involved to begin with, but like if everybody else left the room, he could fucking save her. The, the show really wants you to uh, draw a comparison between these two with Arthur and Gwen. They, they share a lot of lingering looks with each, with each other um, as this is all happening. And it's very sad. Uh, I don't... This is a this is a weird moment in the show, I think, because like obviously, I think if you know this story, it's probably a lot more uh, impactful. Like knowing these characters mm-hmm. already having come in, like it'd be like Captain America showed up in Merlin. I'd be like, oh my fucking god, that's Chris Evans. Can you believe it? Right, right. <laughs> um, but it, for me, it, having only known these characters for a couple of episodes, I was like, dag, that sucks. Sorry for you. But the biggest the biggest tragedy is that there are only two women in this entire cast, and we just lost the third that showed up. So we got well, we got Merlin's mom sometimes, but otherwise it's just Gwen and Morgana. There are no other women. Morgos is dead. Everyone else is dead. Yeah, we, we had a we had a woman, and now she's gone. Now she's gone. Uh, we we skip ahead uh, to the aftermath. Uh, Gwen is picking up what looks like Arthur's room as he arrives back mm-hmm. in it. And, yeah, because uh, he's like, oh, I'll have Merlin. Yeah, no worries. It's it. like it, lo- it looks like a hurricane went through this. Like this is bad. And he's just like, yeah, Merlin will clean it up. I feel like Helios, as he was evacuating, was just like, fuck every telling his yeah. guys, fuck everything up on the way out. Like if you see anything that can be broken, just knock it over. Like find a TV, pull it off the wall. We don't care. Just get, yeah. just break fuck the it. shit fuck on the it. way out. Um, she, you know has this moment of like uncertainty because she realizes like, Hey, if you don't want me to stay and Arthur cuts her off, uh, they, he doesn't, you know, despite everything that's happened, he doesn't care. He doesn't yeah. care. He wants her to stay. He doesn't want to lose her. Uh, and as there, it, it's kind of, it's kind of fucked up. The Tristan and his old basically served the purpose of, of reminding Arthur there. They were a plot today. So he could remember how much he loves his girlfriend. Yes. Um, uh, very, 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 good thank you for these classic characters to remind me that i like my girlfriend uh and yeah he asked her he asked her to marry him again and they smooch yeah just straight up and then we straight up asks her to marry him and they kiss and yes skip yes with all my heart she says oh skip directly to the wedding uh or not the wedding the coronation Uh, yeah i couldn't believe it they're just like we're doing this we're not we're not waiting like tomorrow morning (laughs) we're doing this uh and we see the same thing that we saw at the beginning of the season and uh, Morgana's vision, which mm. is Gwen uh, kneeling down in front of Arthur and him placing the crown on top of her head, uh, and then the entire crowd, including a very well dressed Merlin. Finally. Dude, he's in his finest doublet. Fresh, he showed up today. Fresh to death, my friend. The, is that Arthur's room was destroyed, so Merlin was just taking his you know, pick of the litter of like whatever was left in the wardrobe. Arthur's not going to notice. I've uh I've started listening to this weird. Uh, 
I don't even know if I want to get into this. This weird, like, I guess it's a concept rap album uh, from this okay. dude named Serengeti, and it's called Ajai. And Ajai is a character who's, like, obsessed with uh, fashion and brands, and all he cares about is, like, drops and collabs. And I just, yep, yep. and now I just can't, like, you take a shot every time this dude raps about Balenciaga, and you'd be like, yep, okay. And I think mm-hmm. it's just making fun of that culture, or, like, at least, like, not... Anyway, it's not it's not so for serious. Merlin ain't got a penny to his name, but his Jordans are not. But his fake. Jordans are so nice. He's yeah, he, he got Instagram verified for the specific like, dude, purpose. You, you can't pay rent, but you got those Jordans on, man. He got Instagram verified for the specific specific purpose to win a shoe lottery. That's how serious he is about these Jordans, my man. I knew I know a guy in real life who looks a lot like Merlin and he was so into sneakers and now it just this so this makes sense i can just picture can just Merlin see it. in his outfit with the flyest sneakers on that you've ever seen like the limited edition Yeezys or whatever the hell is popular i don't know i wish i could i wish i could get more people to listen to this album and just and just be just completely befuddled and obsessed with it like i am because it's just the weirdest thing that i've ever heard in my entire life and i love it like i'm just like into brands now autumn bought a pair of air force ones this week i don't, I don't know what's happening to us man it's crazy it's happening dude it's happening i got to get some nice sneaks all i wear size 16 cowboy hundred dollars of leather boot because it's the only thing that they make in my size i gotta get some sneakers uh arthur and guinevere smooch and we everybody's chance long live the queen um but that's not it we have one last oh, little scene. i couldn't believe it after getting after getting surprised by that doublet move by merlin he's like he's dressed to the nines i was ready to go out on a high note start clapping no 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 no, no, no. no, no. hard cut mid chant dude they're qu- chanting long live the queen long live the qu-. cut dude hard cut to morgana and she's struggling for her life in the woods she collapses to the ground her eyes are closed i assume that this is like you know the day later or how i don't know how long has passed it doesn't even matter but then we hear the flapping of wings and I think, what's going on? I started, the, the gears in my brain started working. I'm thinking, what's his name? Mordred. And you don't have to tell me. I just assume Mordred could turn into a bat. Yeah. Because you named Mordred. I assume you could turn into a bat or a spider. Um, but I just assume you're going to turn into something. But little, little, why, why did I know? What, I could never have seen this plot twist coming. It's that little white baby dragon. It's that white baby dragon, dude. That motherfucker. It's what is he doing? It's Athusa. Is that what the the name? It's something like that. Something like that. Yeah. What is he doing? So I'm trying to think. He sees, like, real recognizes real. Like he knows that she's like she's got that old blood in her or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. like she's one of one of their kind. She's a magical being. I feel like he or it's either that or this this dragon is. Seeing a wounded creature and is and is helping it because all he does is like breathe life back into her. Like it doesn't even show him like really do anything. Um, it just breathes life back into her somehow. Um, and this is supposed to be the symbol of hope for Albion, right? Um, and then it just flies away. And I don't know if it's like trying to manipulate things. I really do think that it must just be like I'm a benevolent creature. I'm gonna heal you. Bye bye. Um, I think it would have been cooler if Mordred turned into a bat here, but that's just me. <laughs> um, but shit. She's gonna see this. She's like, "That's I'm taking that as a sign." I guess got healed by a dragon. <laughs> I um, I mentioned when we started getting into dragon stuff that Merlin does some dragon stuff that I really, really adore. Uh, and I love, I love dragon lore of all kinds. Like, give me a book about dragons, mm-hmm. and I will probably be be into it. Uh, Aragon. What do you think about that? 
Um, I was kind of into Aragon, but not like I was like twelve, and, and the author was fifteen, and I was already too cool. Yeah, for it. yeah. There was some there was some kind of dorkiness. There's um, I wish I could remember the name of the series that uh, Autumn got me into for a while, where um, everybody has a dragon and like they're super smart creatures, and like it's all weird. But uh, there's cool dragon lore out there, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Merlin. Season five, season five of Berlin really kind of gets into this 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 stuff, especially with Athusa, and I am super excited to get into it because I I love all of it. Um, Hell yeah. It's it's just very it's just like some of this stuff goes into some, some really surprising directions and I'm excited about it. Uh, uh, what a great season. What a great season. It's great. Uh what a what a surprising cliffhanger. Um if it wasn't for this cliffhanger, you could almost just say like, okay, well, All right, we're done. That's that. Mm-hmm. Uh and I wonder if it was just kind of like, let's wait, let's see if we can if we if we get renewed. I don't know how the show worked. Um but it's because everything pretty much just hinges on is Morgana dead or alive. Um, because they could have done, oh, we got canceled or we're not going to get picked up for another season. She, we see one last scene of her alone in the woods and she, you know, she rejected everything and she died. Now nah, that wouldn't be a very exciting ending for her. <laughs> but you could see them, you know, potentially doing that. Yeah. Um, if, if they had no choice. And then it's like, well, Arthur and Gwen got married and the rest is history. Um, but man, I can't believe that they just go, okay, we're going to do one more season. And that's it. That's it. We're closing up shop. Closing it down. This is their choice. It's from everything I understand. They decided to end it. Yes. Yeah. Which is, you know, that's huge. And you, you know, you got to know when to end it. But man, I can't freaking wait to find out what happens next. Dude, and season five gets so fucking weird. Like, there's some stuff that's that's not even like I could tell you, and you would be like, Jeremy, you're fucking lying to me. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fucking weird. I just can't wait for you to see some of the first episodes. Like it's going to be, it's going to be super exciting to get into. This season was fantastic. I really love it. Uh, Merlin just gets better and better as it goes. I feel like every, every episode I talk about how that is. And it's like, this was the point during our big rewatch during the pandemic that like all of the discord was in. Like I was watching this with, the people in the discord on our like hunky Sundays or whatever. And it was so much fun just seeing all this stuff happen and, and get, getting uh, just, yeah. just blowing up basically. So uh, good stuff. You have any last yeah. thoughts? So you want to, you want to, you want to get GTFO. I'm ex- I'm excited. Let's GTFO. Let's GTFO. Thank you to the patrons over at patreon.com slash monster of the week for uh, supporting us. If you want to do that, uh, please do. You get some cool benefits. Uh, just good. That, that webpage will tell you all about it. So just go check it out. Thank you to everybody leaving reviews and uh, telling people about the podcast. We super appreciate it. Um, and I guess we'll be back next week with season five. Woo. Bye. Goodbye.
Discord if you don't stop playing with these updates. What are you updating? You adding ray tracing to Discord? What are you doing? What are you doing, Discord? Installing update 1 of 14. I, I already started my recording. If I delete this, then that just, that just makes me feel like a lunatic. Come on, Discord. Don't play me like this in front of the squad. What could the issue possibly be, Discord? Why? It's just... There's just no need for it. What do you mean, fucking PlayStation integration? Oh, there we go. Suddenly, we've installed 14 of 14 updates. Motherfucker. I wasn't mad when I got on the mic, suddenly. <laughs> In me. And now it's not even starting. Now it's just like, alright, we're good. We're gonna, you know, see you in 15. Taking a break. Come on, Discord. Majorly uncool. Now it's checking for updates. Bro, you just installed 14. I saw you. I kind of took a picture of it. Since it's Jeremy, I have proof. There's 14 updates and suddenly it's let me check for more updates. What do you mean? Is there a 15th secret update that we haven't known about this whole time? Now it's starting, allegedly. It's starting. Man, what is your problem, Discord? What's the little like, robot guy from, from Discord? What's the icon? What do we think that is? It's very gamer-centric, so is it supposed to be like a controller with eyes? Is it just a controller? Have I, have I just given it eyes myself? Okay, I'm playing the Discord. can't find our damn channel. Scroll down there. Hello. I got two minutes and 38 seconds of me complaining. Conf uh, recording. Oh my god. I'm not even connected now. This is the, this is, this is, you gotta be kidding me. Uh, I was, I'm over here talking to Jeremy. He can't even hear me. I'm not talking to anyone, and if he edits this out, then that means that I'm speaking into the void. All right, let's try again. Hello. Okay, second time's the charm. I hopped in here. I started yucking it up. Oh, no. Talking about how I got three minutes of audio now of me complaining, bullshitting about Discord. And then I realized uh -oh. that like I, I'm in the, ch the chat, but it actually hasn't connected. So I had to close Discord again. Now I'm all gassed up. Well, I'm, oh, sorry. Sorry for the delay. You gassed up, my bro? Are you okay? Yeah. Well, I'm gassed up in a bad way and not in a farty way because you can, you know, you can gas up your boy. Merlin, on many occasions, gasses up his boy Arthur in his time of need. You know what I mean? Like uh -huh, he's, uh -huh. he's the one who's there. He's, he's fueling him up. He's getting the engine running. Do you think- uh, uh, In my case, the fire is getting gassed up and that fire's burning. Do you think that Dean gassed up Sammy more or that Sammy gassed up Dean more? That's a really good question. Um, <laughs> I appreciate you saying that. I really do. I think it's a. I think it's an insightful, <laughs> deep question. I really do. I think. I think. I think Sam. You know, obviously Sam really looked up to Dean, but I don't think he was as good as a, at expressing it. Okay. He didn't. He wasn't that. I don't think he was that good at gassing up his brother. Unless he's like, "You're my big brother." 
I love you. Like that kind of stuff would probably gas him up a little bit. But I also think it guilted Dean a little bit. He didn't mean for it to guilt him, mm-hmm. but I think it had that effect a little bit. So that being said, I think Dean gasses up Sam more because apart from that part in season four where he's like, brother, if I didn't know you, I would want to hug you, which is <laughs> definitely fucked up. Which is um, very fucked up, which is a mean thing to say to your brother. That's pretty fucked up. Um, I'm just exercising demons, you know? But with it's with your mind. Sammy. With that's, my mind. That's the trouble. With that's the trouble. Um, but I think other than that, you know, he believed his little brother could do anything. You know, he always thought he was the coolest. Um, I don't know even if pa- when he was being a little stinker. I don't know if you paid attention to our Twitter this week, um, but uh, the Supernatural podcast, Carrie and Wayward, had a uh, special guest episode um, because the topic in their Discord got brought up of uh, what classes Sam would have taken at Stanford University. Okay. Um, yes, yes, yes. And obviously, Monster of the Week has their own particular <laughs> canon about yeah. that, right? Like we we have our own kind of vibe that we've been working off of for years with the Smanford and building bombs and everything. Um, and uh, a person in their Discord like went hardcore, like went to the Stanford University website, started looking up curriculum for the years that he would have been at the yeah. university, like did the thing, right? Um, and Carrie and Wayward is a very it's it's a very funny podcast, but it's also a lot smarter than us. Like just in general, yeah. like they are way more intelligent and insightful about. It's like, crazy you think about people stuff. listen to us. Yeah, I think that yeah. I personally, I think that you're a smart guy. You always tell me stuff, and I'm like, that's crazy. <laughs> I think I'm one of the dumbest people I've ever. Known. I don't think so. I can't. I don't, I don't think that's know, true man. at all. I think I think you're a really smart person with a lot of insightful <laughs> comments about supernatural. I think I think we do a I good job, but we don't have like I don't think either one of us have like an academic background to pull from, no, and no, and they no. approach. Uh, uh, they approach the TV show Supernatural with that kind of academic vibe, or at least Marie does. Uh, I don't yeah. know, um, but anyway, so they're they're talking right, and they're having this long conversation, and I'm listening to it because I'm like, uh, I'm just dying because I just want to yell at them about how this is all just a made up school <laughs> for that John Winchester did specifically to trick Sam into going to college and to really treat him to really train him on how to be a hunter. It's gonna um, be one of our best bits because it like it just makes more sense. It just makes more sense <laughs> as a whole. And so I'm I'm listening to this and they're doing like I think that he would have taken an art history elective because he's so much into the lore. Uh, Drew is like, I think he'd be a little bit more into physics than chemistry, just like based on what we know over from the show. Like they're getting like deep into it. And then like the guest, um, I I believe uh, her name is Nell. I might be wrong. Uh, But the guest just kind of out of nowhere is like, and I I guess, you know, I definitely don't think he would have taken this class because Sam doesn't know anything about babies. (laughs) Just... (laughs) That's true. <laughs> which is one of our, which is like a second monster yeah. of the week bit that yeah. I am I just absolutely in love with, and it resulted in uh, uh, our friend Dusty O'Cannon cracking down a fucking stupid fanfic that I wrote about Sam not like having, going to Mary to ask like questions about the birds and bees and yes. just writing yes. bees question mark. Anyway, <laughs> this was this was a fun time that I was having this week. This was the highlight oh, of my week probably. Excellent. I guess, I guess yeah, is what I'm no, saying. That's, yeah, we had some good bits. I, I saw you say in the Discord the other day like one day you'll go back and like re-listen to it all. Part of me is like afraid to because even though occasionally like you'll send me the episode and I'll just listen through it. Mm-hmm. Um, I for a while I didn't do that. And then I started doing it. Cause usually I'm just working. I can put something in and it's not just like an ego thing to like, let me listen to the conversation we had. Although sometimes it's really funny 
when like listening to a conversation you and I had that we thought was really funny at the time and then laughing again at it again listening to it. <laughs> but most of the time I just feel like I just need to like remember what we talked about. I need to like I need to stay focused. Sure. I need yeah. to figure out what's going on. Because if I don't, I'll forget what show we're covering. It's um, um, I don't it's... remember where I was going with that. But I have a hard time I think going back to the really, really old stuff and, and like especially like the days I was in a bad mood just like talking shit about supernatural. But like, oh, that's kind of mean. I don't know. I don't know if I really meant that. <laughs> Sometimes we come in with an energy. I think this is just podcasting in general. Like you come in with a with an agenda. Like you come in with a with a, a chip on your shoulder. Uh, especially if like I think it's a weird vibe and I've talked to people about this before where it seems like a very simple thing. Like you have to watch one TV show a week and then you have to spend like anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour talking about the TV show. Like that's, that's the podcast gig, right? Like if that's, if you're just doing one podcast, that's, that's generally the gig, but there's a little bit of work involved in that, that Mm -hmm. I think is kind of invisible. Like when we watch these shows, like I know you and I both take notes about what's going on. Uh, We both think about it real hard. We both, um, you know, we, we both. I tried wanted to it. watch last night's episode of Merlin so bad without taking without notes. taking. I, like, notes. I just want to yeah. watch this. I've never seen it. It's a good episode. <laughs> so good. Um, but I, f- I feel like there's times where, uh, you know, there's times where I didn't want to watch an episode of Supernatural. There's times where I don't want to watch an episode of Merlin. Like I'm just not mm. in that mood. Um, but I'm like, oh shit, we have to record because we need to knock out next week's episode. So I'm going to sit down. I think that sometimes that, like, I will come in. Uh, hating on an episode more than i usually do because of that mm-hmm. right. uh but it's but i also think like it works because i mean we're just people right like i feel like mm-hmm. if we tried to script this out to where it was we had the same exact i guess objectivity with it every week i think it would mm-hmm. be kind of more boring i don't know i don't know yeah and i think the people have been pretty forgiving of us and i don't think anyone's like no one's ever given me a hard time for being in a bad mood. Because I always think, like, that must be insufferable to listen to. It's like me <laughs> bitching about something. But I really don't think anyone's ever... Like, people, I think, generally would be like, oh, you were too hard on Sam for this, like, whole season. Or you were yes. too hard on Dean mm-hmm. for whatever. Like, like broad stroke stuff like that. People, I think, would... And they would, you know, air their grievances. But for the most part, no one's ever been like, wow, Chris, you were such a fucking dick on that episode. And it was a pain to listen to. I mean, maybe they feel that way. But people are at least nice enough not to throw it in our face. So maybe I shouldn't worry so much. I think I think going back, I remember people some in some instances saying we were too hard on Sam and also uh, too hard on Dean in like different seasons. Uh, yeah, we, did, we got a lot of the too hard on Sam stuff yeah. early on, mm-hmm. which I know you. I that was like your take when it was like you were like that's the way you were dissecting the episode. Mm-hmm. But I just felt like I was too much of a Sam fanboy. <laughs> so I just was always confused how we were getting hate. Like, at the end of the day, I'm like, no, he did nothing wrong. It's fine. It's fine. It's I heard, good. It's uh, perfect. I saw someone describe your journey in Monster of the Week as uh, that you started it as a Sam girl and you became a Kaz girl over five that's years. Right. That's right. <laughs> it just really cracked me up. It's really, it really weird though. That. Now when I think about Supernatural, I think I said before my answer was when i think about supernatural i think about cast but actually when i think about supernatural i think about dean now which is funny um being such a, a like hardcore sam girl for so many years to just have this like i just it, the, the later seasons you know we're doing a whole supernatural podcast in the outtakes in the of outtakes our of our merlin podcast it's great it's brilliant um, i haven't played I any new think, video games or really watched yeah. anything at all besides the wire so um i finished i finished trails from zero which is okay. a, you know part of the trails series many many of those games this one you play as a cop and yet and yet, it's probably my favorite one I've played. Um, and I obviously, you probably saw me talking to the Discord about it. And that's my only outlet for this. Because it's just like, nobody plays these fucking games. I can't, like, recommend it to you. 
Because I'm like, I know, I know the types of games you like. This isn't for you. This isn't for anybody. <laughs> you have to love reading <laughs> long, long stretches of novels, anime novels, in between slices of gameplay. So, uh, but that's all I did. I did that. Oh no! Wait. Uh, oh. I played a little bit more of Paranorma Sight. I told you that, like, you know, visual novel adventure game thing. Uh huh. Um, and it made me. It did like a Kojima thing where I kept dying at a point, and it was like think about this a little bit more and i don't want to like i don't want to totally spoil what the thing was because it was so good but i had to like go into my options setting and change something that the game does not tell you to do i just had to think about it for a while and then was like let me see if turning down this thing will affect the gameplay and it fucking did and now i'm like all right i see why like everybody was freaking out about this game because they never break the fourth wall like that anymore uh, it seems like the games for a while tried to be like you know cool and um, experimental with that stuff, and then just at least mainstream games completely walked away from that. Um, you remember that uh, that I'm... Batman Arkham Asylum game that made you think your Xbox 360 was fucking rendering all of a sudden? Oh yeah, yeah. that's fucked. Oh, that's dude. fucked up. You can only really do that once. I think that trick just works one time. But it just, it was so good, it fucking got me because like at the time too, Xbox 360s were dying all over the fucking. That was place. a threat. <laughs> Like it was a, it was a very meta thing. Like the timing just hit fucking perfect, and yeah. But you can't go back to that well. I think I don't think you can do that like twice. So. One time, my my Xbox red ringed, and I was like, no. It was like a school night because I, you know, I had the 360 in high school, and was like devastated. But I was just like, I gotta go. To- Sorry, I just knocked something over. Um, I had to go to bed, so I just left it. I was all fucking pouting and shit. And then in the morning, I loaded it up again i'm like let me just see i'm getting ready to fucking go to school but let me just check on my precious xbox the red ring was gone but then my profile had been deleted from the 360 which is oh. some uh, oh, fate worse than death honestly and then i'm like what now i gotta go to school like this lost- i gotta go to fucking social studies class with this on my back you lost Nobody all those chivos than me what'd you do with all those chivos man i went to school i came home and my profile was back my xbox was no longer red ringed and the only thing that was missing was my oblivion save data because that was the game i had been playing when it red ringed which again huge massive bummer i had like 500 hours that fucking game yeah yeah. i couldn't believe it so again i'm just like i'm now too fucking pissed off to play video games i'm not doing it maybe i did my homework or hung out with friends, whatever uh, you do when you're 16. Um, probably, you probably played Nintendo DS, if I had to yeah. guess. You just switched yeah, to a True, I, yeah, I was probably playing FF4 on my DS. I fucking, yeah. Uh, <laughs> in the bathroom. <laughs> my sister's knocking on the door. I'm like, can we use it? I'm like, no, no. I'm fucking gaming in here. Leave me alone. God, your sisters, I haven't used the bathroom in four hours. I'm just in here. Your sisters are like, he's jerking off in there. He's 16 years I, old. And he's like, I'm absolutely not. probably what they not. thought I was doing. When I was, not when I was in high school, when I was like in middle school, I would go into the bathroom and be like, I'm not fucking coming out. I'm playing my DS in here or I'm reading all of Song of Susanna in here. I'm fucking, I'm posted up. <laughs> just in the bathroom. Because having Why? two older sisters, having two older sisters, I could not fucking get into the bathroom. So when I got in there, I was like, I'm just not leaving. You're this staying. Is my, this is my, okay, my okay. fucking spot. It was just, whatever. I was a bratty little brother. Um, God, Brad I don't even Chris. know where I'm going with this. But oh, that night I checked back on my fucking Xbox one more time, and my Oblivion save data was back. I don't know what happened. So I first I lost my Xbox, then I just lost my profile, then I just lost my save data. But then everything just came back, and I don't understand what happened. It sounds like your Xbox was haunted, Chris. I think it was flipping haunted. Haunted by ghosts. Flaunted by ghosts. I was. I didn't expect to be so fired up. You, I just uh, started like. I started like dropping like a diss track on Discord <laughs> while waiting to get in there, and I think that that just kind of got me fired up. And maybe I had an extra cup of coffee today. Maybe that's what it is. Woo! Uh, would you mind if we cut outtakes 
uh, or a little early this week. And just what do you mean? I have 15 minutes of audio already. Okay, well, good. Good to go. Good to go. <laughs> we're uh, we're thinking about doing crawfish uh, later. Going to get some crawfish later. So Hell just, yeah, let's fucking rock myself. it out, dude. Mm. Unless you want to tell, you see how do you see how fast I'm going? <laughs> you're you're speedy Gonzalez. We'll right be now, done dude. in 15 minutes at this pace. You're fucking Sonic the Hedgehog right now. I can't keep up with you. I'm, t- I'm fucking tails over here. Just, yeah, I am just realizing that I maybe had too much coffee tonight. It's fine. <laughs> if is does tails tails uses his tail as a helicopter, right? No, tails is a bottom. Oh, um, yeah, he does. Is that? <laughs> do you think that's like? Could that be considered twerking? Isn't his name Miles Per Hour or something like that? Who's Miles Per Hour? I don't know who Miles Per Hour is. I don't know. I don't know much about the Sonic universe. I just Jeff said we were gonna. Okay, I feel like okay. if you have a tail and you're and you can you have the muscle control to, to spin it into a helicopter so you can fly around, that's like twerking. That, that's basically it's the same muscles as twerking. I guess that's what I get. Tails is twerking across the Sonic fandom, is what I'm saying. Oh my god! Yeah, Tails' name is Miles Prower. Yeah. His last name is Prower. Prower. Yeah. Per hour. <laughs> So you don't think Tails, Tails is, is just his is, nickname? Is twerking? You don't think that's a thing? Um, no, we're talking Sonic. So yeah, he's twerking. Yeah, he's... <laughs> okay, we're talking Sonic. That's what, that's what nails it for you. <laughs> yeah, you could argue that Miles Prower invented it. Uh, let's talk about let's talk about Berlin. Let's do <laughs> we'll it. Get it to Sonic. Berlin, Berlin. Stand, but keep your magic off my man Cause this clock won't mean so much to me, Merlin